One of the glories of eating in a city like New York, and what I mean is a coastal city, one where immigrants have been arriving for a long, long time. Well, that glory in eating in New York comes from all the cultures people brought. From Jewish knishes to West African peanut stew, from the slickest of chic French cuisine to hole-in-the-wall ramen, those centuries of immigrants shaped the city and our country. Krishnan Ray is the chair of the Food Studies Program at New York University. He became fascinated by the city's intricate web of immigrant food systems, and he questioned why certain so-called ethnic foods are prized, while others fall under the heading of cheap takeout. His new book, The Ethnic Restaurateur, is the result of a decade of digging for answers. Contributor Von Diaz talked with Professor Ray. Krishnendu, it's so great to see you again. It's great to see you, too. So you and I first met a couple of years ago in an Indian cooking class, and I remember you saying that you first learned to cook after coming to the U.S. Yes. Um, how did your background inform your decision to study food? Yeah, so in fact, it started by me not knowing anything about cooking. I'm an Indian middle-class male, so it seems we are not taught how to cook, and it seems it made no difference to us, and that was what was surprising to me. I had never thought about it. Other people had fed me mostly what Indian sociologists call kind of the servant-wife complex of cookery, that my mom did most of the cooking, and she often would have a servant uh, come in about three times a week, help her in cooking and cleaning, etc. Wow. So I was fed by these women, and uh, I had not thought about it at all. So and that so was a big shift for you. It was big, and because I came to the U.S. to study development and underdevelopment. And so I was hit by this nostalgia, nostalgia for Indian food, and this bigger realization that, wow, I have been fed all my life, and I have not paid attention to it. Then I ran into a few books, rare books at that point of time, and I said, wow, you can think seriously about food. So I went to my advisor, and I said, I think I'm going to change my uh, dissertation. And on, what was his response? Uh, he says, don't do it. No one is, <laughs> no one is going to give you a job. <laughs> but that's clearly not the case. <laughs> what made you want to dig deeper specifically into the role of immigrant food workers in New York? Yeah, it starts by me trying to kind of see what I, I was feeling about this nostalgia through food, how representative it is, or, or how exceptional it was. So I started working on reading up other immigrant experiences, and then I did a survey of immigrants, uh, in this case, about 126 households, and asked them about uh, food and cooking and culture. One of the things I wanted to look at was I knew from everyday experience that most of the cooks uh, and most of the staff in the kitchen were immigrants. My first question to myself was, A, was that true throughout New York history? And can I find data on that? Um, so I looked at the census data, and that data set goes back to 1850. Unfortunately, the census was not counting cooks, because cooks were counted under servants. Not until 1910 did cook come to be, you have a category called cooks except private. So I couldn't find the number of cooks. I could find, for instance, bakers, butchers, saloon keepers. And in fact, most bakers and butchers in most of New York history from 1850 onwards were foreign-born. German and Irish. I had no clue about it. So that was fascinating. As you kind of dig deeper into this material, 
surprising things emerged. For instance, I didn't realize that Americans had such a kind of a negative attitude towards German food because for an outsider, to me, it looked like very similar to what I considered American food. Meat and potatoes, what we think. And sure. I think about lager, beer, think about dairy. Okay, it's very Germanic, Northern European, understandably, because the largest number of immigrants to the United States historically and for the longest time have come from Northern Europe, uh, from uh, United Kingdom, uh, from Ireland, from Germany, etc. Uh, so what is fascinating for me was this very dynamic nature of American eating mm -hmm. and our valuation of it. Mm. So we seem to have something that's peculiarly constant, which is we have immigrants coming in from these very different places. We don't respect their food very much for the first generation or the uh -huh. second generation when they are poor, they're working class folks. Okay. But as they start climbing up, okay, in fact, we change their, our judgments about how good their food is. And Can you give me an example yeah, of that? Italian. Looking at today's uh, kind of food scene, Italian food is the height of its popularity in the U.S. and its prestige. Uh, we have had, at least since the 1980s, expensive Italian restaurants. But if you look back at the historical material, say 1880s into 1920s into 1930s, people, nutritionists, uh, kind of social workers are full of disdain about Italian food mm -hmm. and olive oil and how spicy their food is <laughs> and how garlicky their food is. Mm. And their complaint is that that makes Italians susceptible to their thirst for uh, alcohol. <laughs> and remember, this is kind of happening at the same time when the anti-alcohol campaign mm. is kind of heating up. And so if you just look at that previous example I gave, German food mm -hmm. uh, was considered inferior. The culture is considered inferior. In fact, Ben Franklin was complaining a lot in yeah. Pennsylvania about the Germans then called uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch. Mm -hmm. uh, the fear was that they were going to Germanize rather than being Anglicized in a way. So we have this kind of a, a dynamic nature constant change in American food, which I think is very interesting and very exciting. My argument is that every 40 years, American cuisine changes, and that makes it unusual in the world. Mm. But on the other side, our attitude, our first attitude towards uh, the new immigrant cuisines is kind of skepticism. Mm. They slowly become popular at the cheap end of it. They have an impossible time climbing up in the social ladder. Now we see that with Mexican, with Indian, with Thai. Mm. In fact, there's a big gap in the middle often. Like, say, think about Mexican yeah. food. Yeah. You get your terrific tacos and taquerias, uh -huh. okay? You will get some very exclusive places at the upper end of it. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge gap in the mid-market space. Our posture towards new foods is from skepticism to revaluation and upscaling of yeah. it. We have seen this. Yeah. So let's talk about the term ethnic cuisine because mm -hmm. you use the term ethnic in your book. Um, it's recently come under fire. People are starting to really criticize it. What do you make of its origins? Yeah, ethnic, in my research, it emerges in the 1950s. And it emerges as, A, for instance, that white people can't have ethnicity, which is different from race, because race is seen largely as a black-white thing. And ethnicity is a way to talk about cultural difference while skirting the question of race. Mm. So that comes into play since the 1950s, and it becomes quite popular. And in fact, my research shows that over the last five or 10 years, the use, at least in the domain of food, is mm -hmm. beginning to decline at the upper ends of the journalism field. So in mm. New York mm -hmm. Times mm -hmm. has stopped classifying foods as ethnic. It specifies mm. it more as, say, Indian or Indian regional, like Punjabi yeah. or Mexican mm -hmm. or even Mexican regional, Oaxacan, mm -hmm. Poblano, etc. 
So in some ways, ethnicity is a word that was kind of born to account for cultural difference just when the civil rights movement was emerging mm-hmm. and also to avoid the polarization of race. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think it has fulfilled its function. It mm. is now sounds a little outdated. Yeah. I mean, it is still totally a buzzword today, though. How long do you think it's going to take to go out of style? I have a feeling this generation is the last generation. I think younger people use it less and less. Like any of these words, they have a social history. They come into play. They get outdated. And then by the time uh, the next generation comes along, they're probably not going to use ethnic, like my son's generation. He's going to use more specific categories, even uh, regional categories, rather than ethnic as a general category. Yeah, well, I think that's a good thing. Krishnendu, it's so great to see you again. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Krishnendu Ray is chair of the Food Studies Program at New York University and author of The Ethnic Restaurateur. Von Diaz is a writer and food editor of Feet in Two Worlds. 